The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. But I don't, I don't, I don't know if I want to like tell tales out of school. You know what I mean? That's fair. That's a good point. All right. <clears throat> I learned that idiom over the weekend. Tell tales out of school. Did you really? Just I yeah. feel like that's an idiom you would have used in high school. Why? Because I'm like 60 years old at heart. No, that's because what it you, sounds like you have a boyish idiom idiom charm. <laughs> you always use idioms. I don't want to be an American idiom. Welcome to The Crunch, the only podcast that was in for a rude awakening when it found out the difference between an oblation and a libation. It's your boy, Ethan. And I'm Patrick. Been thinking about that one for a while. That's a good one. Thanks. I like that. Like, what's the difference between a dating fast and speed dating? That was mm-hmm. my, that's my favorite Ethan joke. Really? Mm-hmm. I've said so much better. No, yeah, maybe. That's just that, the one that, that's the favorite one that I, it's in my brain right now. It's one, that's a good one that is quick, quick to come back. No, the, the best one, the best one is the, the confession and the breast pump one. <laughs> That's the best. That that's still funny now, like to this it day. It is. That's the most underappreciated tweet that I ever had. The it's funny for two reasons, and yeah. I'll explain it because that's Please. how you make jokes good. The image, the first, the image that you get, it's a two parter. The image mm-hmm. is funny in and of itself, right? Right. Running into a church with a breast pump stuck to my forehead, hilarious Hilarious. already. And then. Yes. The second part is that is also funny on its own. Will somebody please, please. hear my confession? <laughs> That's funny in and of itself too, because because it's not just yeah. will the nearest priest hear my confession. It's <laughs> will somebody, will somebody, <laughs> anyone. <laughs> oh man, yeah. If I still had Twitter, that'd be my pin tweet. It's Perfect. such a good for tweet. sure. For sure. Oh, man. Wait, you don't have Twitter anymore. So no one will be able to find if I plagiarize your tweets. No, yeah, you can post it. If you I know. will. I w- <laughs> see, see what kind of, what kind of response a, it gets now. I'll start a Twitter account called Bropozzle Archive at Bropozzle Archive. <laughs> It'll be Ethan's best tweets. And I'll just like take your best tweets. Mm-hmm. Do you still have that spreadsheet? Yeah, yeah, I'll send it to you. I might do that. I might <laughs> okay. make a bot that because, like, what I'll do is I'll sort, I'll sort by most retweets and most likes, and then mm-hmm. I'll cut it off at like ten. Yeah, yeah. And then I'll just have them. <laughs> I'll have them post. That's my perfect. my rediscover everything bot is still going strong. It has like two hundred and fifty followers. That a boy. And one of them, one of them got like seventy five retweets the other day because it was rediscover the rosary, and a bunch mm. of people just kept retweeting it. And then everyone right. was like, "Wait a second, this is a this is an this holy is, account. This, this is, is a fake a- account." Oh, it's man. so easy to trick everyone on it's that so silly, silly website. All you have to website. do is post something relatively holy. Yeah. Ros- everyone... Everybody loves rosary posting. Everybody loves a good mom post. Yeah. All you have to do is either be a holy rosary person, a mom, or hot, and you'll be successful on Catholic Twitter. Luckily, I'm all three. All three. <laughs> <laughs> Can I tell you something? Of course. <clears throat> I mean, it's, this is, it's, a, this is a, you, you have my confidence here on this public podcast. Right, and we're not telling any tales outside of school here. <laughs> on um, the I'm one step. What was it? It was a phrase that I was going to say that I was going to use. Um, well, I don't remember the phrase I was going to use, but what I will say is that I'm one step closer to being done, done with it all. With what? I deleted Spotify from my phone. Whoa! 
Yeah. That's big. So no more podcasts. Wait, nobody uses Spotify to listen to podcasts. I use Spotify to listen to podcasts. I do too. I love Spotify podcast player. It's great. great. Um, so that one point two speed, one point five speed. I'm big on the one point two. Big on the one point two. So good. Yeah, one point five can be a little too quick sometimes. Like I like my podcast to just wash over me. You know, you have to build up to a two point oh. I was at the point where I could listen to Father Mike's Bible in a Year podcast at two point oh. Oh, wow. He's crazy at two point speed. I think you mm-hmm. travel forward in time like faster. <laughs> I think time goes faster when you're listening to him in two point. But I I I usually listen at one point eight or one point five. One point mm-hmm. two is when I really want to savor a podcast. I'm savoring. Yeah, it's on simmer. It's on simmer. Yeah. Uh huh. The crunch sounds best at one point three speed. By the way, how do you know this? I we that's how we record our podcast. We record it to be at its optimum at one point three speed. It's kinda like how people back in back in the day when they used vinyl. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, this was made to be played at like I don't know how vinyl works, never mind. <laughs> it's kinda like how people back in the day they would record TikToks and they would do the dance slowly. Yeah, sure. And then they would speed it up so it looked normal. So what you're hearing right now is actually us talking point three slower than we normally do. Yeah, so we speed it up so that you guys can have you guys speed it up. You have a better experience. Speaking of TikTok, I never mind. We should talk more about your uh, Spotify thing. I was about to say we didn't get done talking about my no, thing. That's uh, a huge move. It's a it's a great move. So now my phone is whittled down to uh, I don't have any web browsers on my phone. I don't have any any Spotify. What I'm going to do? I need to have Emma lock me out of like the Apple Podcast app. Not that I feel like a temptation towards it because I hate the Apple Podcast app. It's, <laughs> it's, it's aw- the worst. Awful. One. Awful. It's the worst app. one. Um, so, but just to be safe, I'm going to have her lock me out of that. And then all I'll have left on the phone really that I'll use is like bank stuff, investment stuff, uh, which you check maybe once every week, you know? Yeah. Um, the, the maps and like library books, which I don't even really use that often. So I'm, I'm feeling good. I'm getting just baby steps. Yeah, baby, right. baby steps. It's my coming. phone. My phone is pretty locked down. I still have Spotify. On my phone. My my top uh. My top banner widget thing is uh-huh. like, that is just my calendar, notes, and maps. And then mm-hmm. I only mm-hmm. have four apps on my home screen. And then well, I have, I have eight apps on my home screen technically. So it's like texting, calling, Spotify, and and every dollar my budgeting app. Nice. I, oh, I also have my budgeting yeah. app on my phone. Yeah. And then uh, I, I I only have. My reader, which is, mm-hmm. I have an email that all of my newsletters and and um, all my newsletters get sent to, mm-hmm. and then um, the blog that I, I just download. I just did that today. I'm trying to blog more, so I'm just gonna have that so hey. I can write drafts. My food logging app, so I can make sure that I'm hitting my macros. Flogging, flogging as they, app, as they call it, <laughs> and audiobooks, baby. That's my that's my phone. It's very locked down. I f- I finally figured out how to turn off browser. I told you about this a couple days ago. Oh really? I was always like, yeah, okay, you delete Safari, but like you can still you can still use Siri to search. You can't. No, you. If cannot. you turn off Safari, yeah. you cannot you just, use Safari. Use I didn't it. know you could just turn it off. I thought you yeah, could you delete can. it, and yeah, I was fun. like, that doesn't do anything. But I was like, I'll I'll do this just for a test run, and I went a week logging every time I wanted to use Safari, and then every time mm-hmm. I actually needed to use it, and it was zero times I needed to use it, and I was like, yes. The only time I ever used it was when I was at the store and I wanted to like look up a recipe and I wanted to like figure out what food I needed. But I was like, mm-hmm. I just won't do that anymore. Right. Simple. Just do it beforehand. That's yeah. the thing about it is locking your phone down just forces you to be more intentional about everything that you do because you Crazy. can't just 
It's like, all right, I'm about to go on a road trip. The day before, I need to look at the podcasts I want, download them, and then when I'm done on the road trip, then I don't get any more podcasts. So that means I either have to space them out or listen to them all at once and be okay with silence the rest of the drive. Crazy. I know. Well, you're so locked was, out of internet? You don't have internet? I don't have internet. You don't have data? I mean, I have data. I mean, that's how the maps and all that stuff yeah, I was gonna say. still operates, but I don't have any way to... I mean, no way to get to anything. But you could stream podcasts on the the, the app. Wait, hold on. So you just you download podcasts onto your phone? Well, yeah. How? Like, Wait, click what? And, like click and drag them into my library. What? Yeah, I know. You That's remember the nuts. physical library that exists on your phone? That's crazy. To, to hold audio files? That's crazy. Um, I don't want to breeze past this. Earlier, you talked about food logging, and I said flogging. Yeah, it's hilarious. Which I thought was pretty funny. No, it was really but funny. I'm, I'm just imagining <laughs> this person, you know, back in 1832, <laughs> sentenced to flogging in the public square, and a man just stands in the middle of the square. I had bread. I had cheese. <laughs> I had meat. I had goat And everyone's milk. like, yeah, boo. <laughs> boo. Listen to his lunch. Listen, listen to his lunch. I um, had porridge. <laughs> <laughs> I had a nice uh, mug of mead. Gruel. gruel. I had some gruel. Yeah, you know, but back the, in the medieval times when all they had was gruel. Gruel. In all seriousness, I do really like that uh, Spotify is just no longer an option because it was just so easy to, whenever I was doing anything, just pop on something and just listen to something while mm-hmm. I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it's really difficult to be in touch with the Lord if you're always in touch with something else. And I've been thinking a lot of lately about, I don't know who said this quote. I don't know if it's real, but I like it a lot. Each generation is divine by the saint that contradicts it the most. And also thinking about how God, if I could have been a greater saint in any other time period, that's the time period he would have put me in. Yeah. And that's so an important one. And so if you combine those together, I realize that like God has put me on the planet at this particular time to contradict the culture the most. Yeah. Which is like, oh, dang. All right, well. And once you like accept that, which I'm trying to, it just becomes really easy. It's like, oh, well, all this thing that I think that I need, I actually don't need it. Because I wouldn't have not needed it if God put me on the earth at any other time. You know, so the fact fact that it's a temptation now means that it's something I need to not have. (laughs) You know? Sure, I guess. Kind of crazy, right? But that's the, 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 the divine logic. You know, bonkers, wacky, wacky, zany. I'm going to get up to heaven and be like, God, you're so zany while so I was down there. Zany, zany guy. <laughs> so yeah, just wanted to share that because it's a, another step in the process. We're still, we're still moving. I also read Brideshead Revisited this week and it was amazing. Cool. <laughs> That's all. I don't know. I, I've been, I, I've been, I've been wrestling with this specifically because like one of my, one of my top themes of talent, have you ever heard of Clifton Strengths? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's a, yep one of my top themes of talent is input it's input and huh. input is essentially like you want to collect things like you could collect information in various ways that might mean like you collect books which crazy right i do that we all gesture behind us we all gesture behind us the gigantic stack of books but I, I do definitely collect information and i think like podcasts that i listen to the faith of the early fathers cool <laughs> that's Three volume cool. set that I am definitely gonna read all of it. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, um, but just I just my most recent collection. Input is definitely a thing, and I I think podcasts are a way that I've 
used input well but it's also a way that i've abused input because like themes of talent can be yeah. raw as in like it's just it's not developed into something it's just like you know like someone someone is is good at like winning others over and the way that they that manifests itself is they just that's mine yeah, is that your number one i'm a big woo guy big woo guy yeah woo is my number 10 really i'm surprised know, right? by that so that that i was surprised too communication is number seven for me huh and i was like but I'm really good at communicating. But it's and but it's called communication, baby. It's called communication, baby. And my the, my uh, my my boss is coaching me through it, and he's like, you know, that means that like if that's your number seven and you're really good at it, that means that like all of these other things are like also really important, and you should cultivate them more. Because like learner is my number one. That makes sense. That I'm unsurprised by that. Yeah. yeah. Um. But it's like, an input is up there too. It's higher than communication, and 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 so I'm like. I think I need to make my input. I need to like adjust it to not be just consuming because that's mm-hmm. what it can be tempting to do. Mm-hmm. Be like, mm-hmm. I, I, I wish want to, I like listening to the same podcast over and over again. So I can like really get all of the information combed through, you know, mm-hmm. but it's like, I really should be more discerning. Is this worth putting into my brain? Cause I'll remember it mm-hmm. because my yeah. input is yeah. very memetic. I remember mm-hmm. a lot of things. And I told, I told my boss, I was like, my, my cat he's like do you have a cataloging system and i was like no it's just in my head and it pull i pull it out when it needs to be pulled out you know mm-hmm. i just like I, I find information when it's necessary not very efficient but no no you need a works. system outside of your head i don't know it's worked so far hmm then i get dementia <laughs> yeah and all my information is lost. i'm just gonna say uh, as soon as you and phoebe start having children there's going to be a a time wherein you will not be able to handle all of the information and all of the responsibilities laid upon you. And at that point, <laughs> at, at that point, you're going to need some kind of external system. External system. I do have a notebook that I'm using more. That's good. The problem with the system, the problem with finding a system that's, that's outside of my brain is I already have a bunch of things in my brain. So do I have to, I do, do I have to write everything down that I know? I've, I've actually been, That'll take this so is long. A, what if I learned things in whole, between? Sorry. This is a whole other podcast that we need to do because I'm, I am just now getting into, have you ever read the book, getting things done by David Allen? Of course. He's like the proto Cal Newport. Yeah, I know. So I'm, uh, I'm reading all of his stuff and I'm implementing all kinds of systems to collect process, uh, organize. And, uh, I don't remember, I don't remember the fourth step and then do, and I'm, it's it's been amazing. We should do a whole podcast on productivity. Oh, I don't, I don't like some point. I don't keep everything in my head. That's not what I meant. Okay, good. I was about to say, brother. The closed loop thing, the open loop, closed loop thing, you can really only Mm -hmm. keep like one input. Like, yeah, the stuff that the stuff that I mean is like my my when I learn something, sure my memory stores it away. Yeah. So I'll pull it up when I need it. But stuff like tasks, I always write down. Yeah, okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. You know what? If you could define Ethan Stevie in two words, I'm just an open loop. I'm just a walking open. (laughs) Like I don't have any closed loops. So What are your top themes of talent? I really want to know this. I'm pretty sure. I think we talked about this not too long ago. Um, I'm That's pretty sure I'm woo, uh, achiever, uh, communicator, um, adapt adaptability, adaptability, and um, there's probably one other one, like wonder or something like that. I don't know. I don't know. Cool. I really want to see. I really want to see your themes of talent. I took it like. Eight years ago. So. Yeah, take it again. Uh, <laughs> they, change. Well. <laughs> they change. They uh, change. This is good. This is all very good. We should. We really should do... I want to do a podcast on David Allen's Getting Things Done. 
when after I've read the book. Cool. I, I think cool. that'd be really good. Because like the the, the the popular popular consensus has changed since David Allen's day. Really? Yeah. Well, hard to argue with the fact that I've been more productive in the last week than I have ever in my life. Oh, so. definitely, definitely, yeah. <laughs> it's it's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why did you never tell me about this? I feel like I've been cheated out of a. Well, I read Cal Newport first, and I think mm. he's better. Really? Yeah. Hmm. But he doesn't have like a system. No, it's not a system, but like... Ethan needs a system. He does have a system, but it's like you have to listen to his podcast to get his system. He has a personal system based on David Allen. Mm-hmm. Like he read David Allen in college mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and he like kind of perfected because his main critique of David Allen is like you can't date, you can't getting things done, like make a, do a, think about research paper. You know what I mean? Sorry, say, you cut out. Say that oh, David Allen's system doesn't work when you need to like think about a math proof. You know, it's like solve math proof in 20 minutes. It's like, well, I, I can't do that. But I mean, you can. You just have to boil it down to just an actionable step, mm-hmm. which is it might be if you're really having a hard time solving this math proof and you can't get yourself to do it because obviously once you start, you've started, you can just do it, hopefully. Yeah. But for I guess for things that are really complex, it's like, all right, I'm stuck here. The next actionable step is look up similar problems. Ask professor. You sure. Know, yeah. Like there, there's always some kind of next step. I shouldn't, I shouldn't trash this before you implement it and use it to its best. Cause like that, that's you know? when, yeah. when it comes to, I, I've, I've read a lot of books on productivity and everyone has a different system. That's kind of like, they're mm-hmm. like, this is it. And every time I read a book, I'm like, this is it. And I like implement it to its fullest. And I'm like, this needs to change based on my life situation yeah, and my yeah. job. There's only so many productivity systems that you can implement before you spend all of your time managing productivity systems and aren't doing anything. <laughs> David Allen is great do. because it's like the, the he, it's not like you have to, it's not a hot, what's the word? It's like not high overhead. You can just start doing it. You can just do mm-hmm. it on a piece of paper. He has that thing in that, in the book where he's like, if I had to, if I had to create a mobile work desk for someone, like a mobile workstation for somebody, this is what it would mm-hmm. look like. You know, it's like, here's, here's, my, note. Can, here's my index cards that I've been writing things down on. Nice. Cannot read your handwriting. That's okay. That you don't need blank. to. <laughs> I, oh dear. <laughs> you found me out. Oh no. <laughs> but it's very amazing and I'm very excited and I just uh I wanna be I wanna be a new man. Sorry, I should have told you I should have told you about uh David Allen when I you read should've. him in early twenty twenty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That would have been really helpful. That would have changed my whole twenty twenty. <laughs> yeah, right. It changed my twenty twenty, definitely. Gosh darn it, Patrick. Sorry. <laughs> You got to bring these things to the podcast. Hold on, Ben. Ben, tell me, tell me if go back in your in. Ben is definitely an input guy. Um, Who's Ben? ben? Who are we talking ben to? Ben Eastman, the guy oh, who ben like Eastman. cataloged all of our yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, all of our bits. Ben, if I mentioned getting things done, you remember when I mentioned Benedict Option like eight years ago before we even that's started true. the podcast? Yes. Uh, ben, if I mentioned getting things done in early 2020, I need you to post on the Facebook page. Facebook.com slash group slash the crunchcast. I'm sure it's one of those things that you talked about it. And I was like, yeah, 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 whatever. Uh-huh. Now it's time for the thing that I want to talk about. <laughs> it, four years from now, you're going to find Cal Newport. You'd be like, Patrick, you should, you should look this guy that's, up. No, it's different. I've read, I've read his stuff yeah. because of you, you know, and it was actually helpful. Digital minimalism was good. Amazing. Very good for me. I haven't read any of his other books yet, but I will. So, Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of the crunch. Sorry to interrupt what I'm sure is a stimulating intellectual conversation, but I wanted to pause the episode real quick to let you hear from some of our sponsors. We will be back right after this. 
The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You want a topic? I do want a topic. Please throw okay. me throw me a bone. Throw me a topic. A spicy meatball, if you will. Oh, please hand me the spicy meatball. I don't know if how spicy it's gonna be. <clears throat> Can you hit me with a jingle, please? Can I what? Hit me with a jingle. Oh, shoot. Jingle. Come on. C- curse you, the scruple cast. <laughs> um they, any jingle will do. It doesn't they call me Catholic Pat. Good morning, how are you? I'm Catholic Pat. I'm interested in things. I haven't got a topic, but I heard that Ethan does. Okay, that was Dr. Worm by They Might Be Giants. <laughs> okay. <laughs> a lot of times your jingles are just other songs. I'm sorry. You want me to create you want me to compose an original soundtrack for the Crunch Catholic podcast? No, I'm not gonna do You just it. suggested an amazing thing. <laughs> Are you okay? The What's crunch going on? OST. I, I got. I, I. I've. I moisturized, and I think I got moisturizer in my moisture eyes. <laughs> oh dear! It just looks like Patrick is sobbing as he's singing this song, just crying about the crunch on that. <laughs> just theme. weeping. Uh, okay. So recently, we all read the pillar, right? I mean, the pillar. You, how could you not read? Are we talking about Cleveland? I don't know. If we're talking about Cleveland. We're going to talk about that one priest. Yeah. Is it? Was he in Cleveland? Uh huh. I wanted to talk about this. I just talked to Nick Sharapa about this. Okay. Well, we might. You might have a different idea in mind than what I'm going to talk about. But okay. Freedom to go wherever we need to go. So there was a story recently released on the pillar about this priest, Father Bobby something or other, who went to jail for a very long time. Is this the one? Are you, is this the one yes, you're thinking of? Yeah, yeah. Okay. He's going to jail he, forever. He's going to jail forever for life. Uh, yeah. be, because he did some pretty awful things. He. Uh, groomed um, some young men, uh, pressured them into uh, sexual, uh, sending sexual photos. Um, then blackmailed them. Then blackmailed them and like revealed them the things to the family and then like stepped in, even though he knew that he was the one blackmailing the kid, he stepped in as the priest figure and said like, hey, I can help, you yeah, know, so I'm going to help the family with this. Anonymously, like, he anonymously yeah. solicited the pictures, anonymously with a different phone number, blackmailed the kid, then mm-hmm. anonymously later sent the photos to the mother to the, and to the at every step of the way he was the priest figure the stepping priest. in and guiding right them. like hearing the kids confession and like having private conversations with, i got with the physically child. sick when i heard that he was hearing this kid's confession i was physically sick okay so that's what i want to talk about okay because i read these stories and i'm completely unsurprised and maybe oh, yeah. this is just me like having a moral defect in my character that i'm not like shocked enough at these things but I saw so many comments, and this this is something that I've been thinking about since McCarrick. Like, this is not 
Ethan's new thought or idea. This priest story is just the most recent story that has come out. Um, but even back in 2018, when the McCarrick stuff came out, and I mm-hmm. heard how angry Catching Foxes was, and I saw how angry people were on Twitter. And then this priest story, and it's it's sickening, right? It's like, it's it's pretty bad. You know, it's pretty frustrating. But at no point, like I saw people commenting saying like, oh, I had to stop reading halfway through because this just completely destroyed me. You know, I, this is, this is awful. Like I had to, you know, it makes me want to throw up this, that, and the other thing. Maybe there's something wrong with me and you can tell me if there's something wrong with me, but isn't, shouldn't we just like expect this at this point? Like, is this really shocking to anybody still? I mean, I have the same response and I'm looking for, I, I, I tweeted something about this. That's why I'm looking for it. Sure. I remember thinking the same thing when the Facebook scandal happened where it was Mm -hmm. like, why does this keep, is anybody still surprised about this? And it's Uh like, I, I don't know if that is the right take. Like, oh, like, I'm not surprised. I mean, it's, but I'm not issuing it as a take. Yeah. Like, I'm not trying to have an opinion on this article and try to minimize the reporting, trying to minimize the, the truth of what's happened to these people, trying to minimize the story. I'm not trying to do any of that by, like, by trying to look better than it and saying, like, well, this isn't surprising, so we shouldn't even read the story. Like, obviously, read the story, be impacted by it learn from it so that we can start to implement more and more things that prevent these things from happening. I'm all in favor of all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. But what I cannot abide by, and this is for, I feel like this is true, not just for Catholic church things, but for the Facebook thing, for things like January 6th, for things like um, collusion with Russia, for things like, whoa, 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 no collusion, no corruption. That's what, that's just true. During this one, Um, things in politics, things in, Oh, uh, Andrew Cuomo being whatever he is, you know, um, things in the entertainment industry. Like, I just am at the point where none of it is shocking. None of it is surprising. None of it is like, I just didn't see this coming. And maybe that's like an our generation thing that we are just have been brought up in this entire age of scandalous things occurring because of the internet. And maybe our parents or even to the generation before us, like millennials, are not used to that. It, and so I just am wondering like why there's still so much hype around scandal and what the proper like response to this ought to be. Because I don't want my response every time some scandal comes out to be like, yeah, you you all are dumb because obviously this is going to happen. You know? <laughs> I don't want to be like a, a, a jerk. Yeah. I understand. I'm not surprised that it happened in general. Mm-hmm. But like, if you asked the family, the mother, mm-hmm. she would be surprised that it happened. You know? Sure. Yes. Yeah. That's. It's one of those things. Is like when you're in it, it's different than being on the outside. Mm-hmm. But it, and I guess I'm in a privileged position, so I acknowledge that. And I'm not trying to say anything that the family should have this out of the other thing or that they should have noticed or that they should have whatever. That's not my intention behind this. Yeah. My intention is for the people who are just people who faithfully consume the news about the church and the world who every day are shocked by some new thing. At what point did we expect that there, that all scandal would, would just disappear? <laughs> like, why are we still just so uh, appalled by these things? Cause I think it's a cultural thing. 
Yeah, I'm very, I'm, 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 I'll just say my thoughts instead of thinking you can. them. You're not going to hurt my feelings. No, no, no. I'm, I'll say my thoughts instead of, instead of thinking them because it's a podcast. Uh, a boy. But I think the, the people that I'm least, I'll say this, the people that I'm least concerned about are the people that are mm-hmm. going, oh my gosh, I can't believe this happened. Those are That's the people true. that I'm least concerned about. That's fair. That's yeah, fair. You know what I mean? Really so when these things yeah. happen and people are commenting on the, on the, on the issue, those mm-hmm. are the people that I'm least concerned about. Mm-hmm. The people that are like, of course this happened because, and I, I'm second least concerned about people that are like, of course this happened because like the priesthood is inherently corrupt. I'm less concerned. I mean, I'm more concerned, but still they're second to last, you know, cause it's like, whatever you're, you're not like, go do, take care of your own household. You know, the, the world is crumbling around and, everyone's a mess right because it's true that it's like there's more statistically you're more likely to be abused by someone in your immediate family or like a teacher or a coach than you Mm -hmm. are your priest yes um but that doesn't change the fact that it hurts more Mm -hmm. because they have like a spiritual authority and a spiritual Mm -hmm. care of souls yeah the cons- the reactions that I'm concerned about, and this Tell might be a completely different topic. That's fine. My concern is is from the clergy, mm-hmm. and this is where we're getting into territory of this podcast might not be very practical for our listeners unless you happen to be members of a diocesan tribunal, um, <laughs> because I am so pissed off at the Diocese of Cleveland. Oh, yeah. Because... This mother wanted, this mother needed her church. Mm-hmm. This mother needed a, a pastor. And the lawyer stepped in and said, You can talk to her about this. You can tell her this. You can say this. You can't talk about this, et cetera, et cetera. And I just hate to think that if some, if, if someone in my church hurt me mm-hmm. and that I wouldn't have a home. Because mm-hmm. everyone would be worried that I'm going to sue. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, it's like her family was hurt by this man. And she's being ostracized by her church. Sure. You know? Like, that's mm-hmm. the reaction that bugs the crap out of me. And I, I was talking to, to Nick about this today. That's We talked about this. Yes. I was like, I think lawyers are destroying the church. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know if I don't know if any of you guys are aware of this. But lawyers kind of run the diocese. Were yeah. you aware of this? <laughs> oh, I'm 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 aware. I wasn't Don't aware of this. I was Patrick. a young I was a young boy, you know, hanging, being like, "Wow, the Catholic Church is so cool. It's run by people who are trained to be holy, and they learn about God, and they they lead." And oh my gosh, no, it's like everywhere else. It's run by lawyers. And I think this is a hot take. I think that yeah, here we go. If you um. If you decide you want to pastor someone and they turn around and sue you anyway, you just need to take that like yeah. a man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you just need to take that. You just need to take the hit. Get sued. Get taken to court. Fine. You know, like, I think I think we should have more lawsuits because, and I think those lawsuits should be met with Christian charity. 
because there's a little part of the Bible where they say, like, if someone sues you for your cloak, you know, reconcile with them on the way to court, lest they take your second cloak too, or something like that. Unless they can take your tunic or something. Yeah. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. And I think we should, I think we should, uh, uh, I think we should, we should, um, we should consider that because I, uh, when my, my, uh, my friend, I went to my ex-girlfriend, she's not my friend, I guess my ex-girlfriend, I used to go to her church all the time and her church, huh. my, uh, I used to go to her church all the time. I, whenever I tell stories about, uh, about Sarah, I usually cloak them in my friend from high school, but this is like, why would you yeah, go to good. some random friends, Protestant church every week? It's like, no, I, cause we were dating. Yeah. Because we were dating. I used to go to Sarah's church every week and her pastor, we found out her pastor was embezzling money from this church and, uh, oh. He, he sold their building and moved them into an elementary school um, so they could be closer to the richer part of town uh, so they could get more richer family, more richer parishioners. Mm-hmm. And it worked, but he was funneling the money, so they never had a building. And so uh-huh. once he, so the new music minister had to step in and be the lead pastor. Pastor Josh he did a great job, went to seminary, got a degree. It's a real, real bootstrap story. And he's a, he's, uh-huh. he's a very good yeah. and holy man, and I, I, I like him a lot. Um, but he made the decision, and I was so pissed off. I was like, I can't I'm, believe you made I'm this still decision. mad. They made the decision not to press charges or to like seek discipline against him, like mm. even 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 a church discipline as like a in the in the Baptist Association they didn't report him. Mm. Um, they they told the pa- the parish that the church that that hired him later about what happened, and they were like, "How dare you slander a godly man?" Whatever, classic classic. That's not embezzling. That's creative accounting, and he's going to save us so much money. <laughs> I know. Um. I checked in on him. He's still an associate pastor, good riddance, but uh, <laughs> he's just still like some random pastor, at a communications pastor at some church. But um, they told me that he, I asked, I asked Josh about it and he was like, it's because in the Bible it says, you know, settle your accounts outside of court. And so we're not going to take him to court. Hmm. And I was like, man, that's like, I was like, at first I was like, that's some sola scriptura BS, man. <laughs> take that, take that boy's pants. But I'm like, He's got nine kids. What what profit is there, you know? And I think like, what what's the point of seeking justice if you do more damage than you need to in the process? I mean, you see it all the time in the movies. Mm-hmm. Car chases. Sure, you caught the bad guy, but what the hell, man? You destroyed all these cars. Like, what's the point, you know? What's the point of justice if you're just going to destroy things more in the process? What are you looking up? I'm excited. I'm looking in the Bible because I don't... That's I don't, a good one. Yeah. Matthew 5, 25. <clears throat> oh, no, not Matthew. That's Matthew 6, Ethan. Flip over there. Okay. Make friends quickly with your accuser while you are going with him to court, lest your accuser hand you over to the judge and the judge to the guard... And you be put in prison. Truly, I say to you, you will never get out till you have paid the last penny. Um, maybe that's not the exact same. That's probably the the Matthew version. And then there's the Mark. And that's version. what I was thinking of. That's what I was thinking of. Um, um, this is the one you were thinking of. I was mixing up the tunic with like when someone asked for your cloak. Yeah, yeah. So, well. so this one's interesting because it says, "Make friends quickly with your accuser while you are going to court." Like not instead of going to court. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. in the process of going to court. So. I think there's a a bit of a, the people who work in most dioceses in the United States of America are afraid of the virtue of justice. They're afraid. 
Because if the virtue of the of justice is properly acted out and executed upon, then some people who have been doing whatever they've been doing for a long time will no longer be allowed to do the thing that they've been doing for a long time, which yeah. is very scary, you know, because I mean, I have half a mind to say that there'd be a, a handful of bishops and more than a number of other clergymen and archdiocesan officials and diocesan officials that would be out of a job if we properly executed the virtue of justice for all of these these cases all over the country does that mean that you know these people are bad and awful and etc 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 no it doesn't mean that it just means that you're right like the the lawyers are, are have too big of a say and that's honestly like I, we put a lot of stuff on the bishops but like honestly it's on the bishop to say like nope we can handle it like let's we we deserve this you know like to, to be able to humbly say yeah yes like the goal here is not to avoid litigation at all costs. So what if we have to sell the chancery, you know, like, no, which no one is willing to do because we still believe for some. Ungodly, so what if we have to sell the Bishop's house? So for, we still believe for some ungodly reason that our physical possessions are going to be the way that we reach the church or reach the people in America. Like we still believe for some reason that if we just have all these churches and have all these buildings and have all these assets, then we're going to, we're going to be able to do we're not doing anything is the point and that's kind of also why i wanted to bring this up too is i'm more not just mass saying in houses more yes i'm not just saying this to be like all right how come everybody is not like me and they're all having a reaction to this thing that's different than my reaction yeah like this should actually spur us to some kind of public accountability like i just don't understand how everybody on the planet can get on board with kicking harvey weinstein out of hollywood Right. But the people in our own dioceses can't all agree that like, hey, we're all noticing like a severe like in the Diocese of Cleveland, we're all noticing a severe lack of justice. What's going on? And like demanding an account. Because I guess it just goes back to the fact that Catholics don't care <laughs> and they're they're They compartmentalize their faith to the point where they don't believe that they have any kind of say other than where they go to mass and where they tithe. And that's it. Like. People used to knock down bishops' doors and carry them outside and be like, do fix the thing. (laughs) (laughs) People used to demand a different bishop. Yes. I'm not saying that you should knock down the bishop's door and carry them outside and say, do do the thing. It caused caused the great Western schism, Ethan. (laughs) Yes, I I recognize that. But I'm just saying people used to care enough to do something. Yeah. Because so that's that's the other thing that I'm like, yeah, you're so shocked and surprised, but what are you, what are we doing about it? You know? Mm Mm-hmm. Like, yes, this family is being interviewed and they're speaking out and they're trying to find some kind of reconciliation. But what's the average parishioner in Cleveland doing? Yeah. And the pillar is getting the cold shoulder. Yeah. You know? Right. They don't. Nobody talks to them. I know. Like literally every freaking every article, Ethan, you read them. Every article, Mm -hmm. they're like the blank diocese refused to return comment. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like. Could not be reached. Could not be reached. Could could not be reached. Speak to your people. Talk to your people. Yeah. My goodness, it just bugs me. I could. I was talking about this yesterday with. I was in Tulsa watching the University of Tulsa men's soccer team win the American Athletic Conference Championships, which was amazing. Amazing. I know. So they're going to the NCAA tournament is next this week. The game, is this the game where they weren't putting their heart into it? Yes. What? I know. And this is they, a championship game. Yeah, it's they a were championship like, game. Eh. To, to decide whether or not they win the conference. But then they won, and now they're going to go into the tournament. The top 48 teams in the country. It's, it's amazing. They were like, they were like, we could be one of the top 48 teams. We're just going to 
Well, they were, I don't know if they were actually, I think they just were not communicating and they were out of sync and it just looked like they uh, were there not. There wasn't enough chatter out there. You got to hear more chatter. Mm-hmm. That's, mm-hmm. I, I played sports. At, at one point I stood up and I said, put the bus into drive, you fools. And then they started, they started going after I told them to, to get the wheels on the bus. To put the bus into drive. Put the bus <laughs> in. To put the wheels on the bus and make it go round and round. <laughs> I think I said, get put the, the wheels I think on I said, the bus. Get the get the bus in gear and let's go. I think is what I actually get the said. bus in gear. Yeah, get the you bus. Get all in of gear. those manual transmission buses around. What was I saying? I was in Tulsa and I was talking to my priest and <laughs> yeah. Father Webb, who was who con celebrated my mass or my wedding, and um, was with him and with Sam and Reese and some students, and we were just kind of talking, kind of about some similar things that we we're talking about, and. He's like, Ethan, because I was, oh, this is a whole other thing that I'm about to get into. So I apologize, but there's a lot on my mind. I went to mass on Saturday for the vigil because Emma worked on Sunday. And the deacon after mass gave the most lackluster, no. limp-wristed, um, lukewarm invitation to stewardship that I've ever heard in my entire life. Woof. It was, it was, you know, give an hour of your week in prayer, which for those of you keeping tally at home is one 168th of your week. <laughs> give one hour of your daily household income to the church, which I don't think I correct my math, but I don't think that'll add up to 10% for most, most households. An hour of your daily income. Correct. So give an hour of a day to the church. Yes. That's like an eighth of your income. It would be, it would be, it's no, cause it wasn't, it wasn't an hour a day. It was like an hour a week of your, of your, uh, income. So it would be one fortieth, not one eighth. Oh, yes. I thought it was an hour yes, a day. Yes, okay. Yes, an yes. hour of your, oh, it's I, a fortieth of your income. So I guess, Hot dang. I know. Yeah. Um, which I was, that was frustrating. And then it was give an hour a week of service to the parish, which I don't know how you calculate that. So you go to mass, you put $5 in the plate, mm-hmm. and then you help out with donuts after mass and you're done. Mm-hmm. Correct. And you have to pray an hour a week. No, the mass covers the hour. Oh, that's Ethan. true. And so that was his invitation and he was just reading it straight from the um, from the sheet. I love it. I love it. No, I love reading straight from the sheet. No energy. No, He didn't seem to be convicted about what he was saying at all. And it was the most dead I've just ever heard a parish. Everyone was yawning. No one was listening. It was awful. It was all, I was so mad. And at the end, he really put the freaking cherry on top. And he said, you know, obviously our number one concern is your spiritual well-being, but we just got to keep the bills paid. And I was like, that's the worst description of stewardship that I've ever heard in my life. Like, clearly your, your number one priority is not their spiritual well-being. It's keeping the lights on. It's keeping the lights on, right? Because no one ever says, my number one priority is X, but, and then actually means that their number one priority is X. Um, What I'd like to say, uh, I'd like to say this to whoever's listening. Um, Will the last one in the American church just make sure the lights are turned off? Thank you. Yep, yep, thank you. The last one out, turn off the lights. We wouldn't want want to make sure that we waste any money as all of our people (laughs) are going to hell. Um, My my pastor said that at a meeting, at a a parish assembly this weekend. He was like, he was like, our attitude in the, in the American church is like, well, let's just hold on to what we have. And uh, with the last one in, please, last one out, please turn off the lights. And I was like, that makes me so sad. It is so sad. Because I, wanna, I want a vibrant church, Ethan. I want, I want, I want, I want my, my kids and their kids to have a church. You I know agree. What I, mean? I agree. 
So I was, and your kids too. They they'll yes. probably be cool. They're they're gonna be really good looking and athletic. <laughs> yeah, they'll all wear Patagonia fleeces and hey, what? Calm down. <laughs> I uh, so I was talking to Father Webb about this, and he was like, Ethan, I understand why you're upset, but like, what do you want the priest to do? You know, because the priest can't just go to all these people who are at bar zero and make this super high call because they already feel like they can't give an hour a week and an hour of their weekly income. They already feel that. I want the priest to put their collection envelope in the basket in front of everyone at mass. That's what I want them to do. Just one. I know all the priests give a tenth of their income. I know a lot of these priests tithe. I want Mm -hmm. you to do it in front of your people. That's good. My pastor did that for 20 years. It was awesome. It's amazing. But there's kind of no, other than what we know already works, which is building relationships with people and actually living the art of accompaniment and not just talking about it, but getting to know people, spending time with them, inviting them to deeper and deeper into a relationship with the Lord, which just is slow and takes time. Like there's, when you have leadership like we do all across the church where priests don't even expect the bare minimum. Like they expect less than the bare minimum from their people. And that's the invitation constantly. And then, so this all the way connected back to the very beginning. And then we're shocked when we find out that someone is doing less than the bare minimum, you know, like the bare minimum is don't uh, text teenagers. If you're a priest, (laughs) you know, (laughs) and like that's, that should be pretty easy. And and yet this happens. We're like, oh my gosh! But it's like no one in the American church expects anything more than the bare minimum. So why are we surprised when people don't can't even make it there? You know, like that's. So I'm just, yes, I'm surprised and I'm shocked, and this is awful and it's horrible. But what in our church? What in the diocese of Cleveland? What in the diocese of Oklahoma City? What in the diocese of Pittsburgh has actually been done that would indicate that? Catholics can expect anything more out of themselves or out of their priests. What if we set the bar high? What would happen? What if there was a a, a God who became man, who set the bar really high yeah. and left, left all the instructions in a little book that everyone has? <laughs> I, man, I, what I want to do if I were a pastor tomorrow, tell me, I would be like, hi, Hello, Patrick. I'm Father Pat. Okay, yes. I'm a priest for a year. Okay, apparently this is happening. <laughs> Rent a priest. Um, here's what we're gonna do. Yeah. For the next year, mm-hmm. we are going to be a stewardship parish. Mm-hmm. That means that if you want to be a member at this parish, you have to give us your tax return, and we decide how much you pay. That's amazing. We're just gonna do it for a year. Yeah, just one year. We're gonna do it for a year, and if it sucks, we'll stop. We'll stop. But if it's really good. We'll do it. We'll keep going. Dang. That, I don't know, because I know some parishes do that. Mm-hmm. It's called a stewardship parish. Yes. Because um, like, we're doing an offshore development campaign right now, and, and it's it's like that. It's like the average American give, the average American Catholic gives 1.1% of our income. So we're asking for 2.5%. Mm-hmm. It's like that's not a lot. That's so little. So that's so well, actually, no. He said he's asking for five percent, and he's like, if you can't give five, give two point five. Give half of that, which makes sense. If you're already giving five, give more. Um, and people said they're going to increase their giving. I mean, 
I don't. I don't have yeah. uh, my parish gives point four percent on average mm-hmm. of their income. Mm-hmm. Ethan, point four percent. I know. Point four. I don't even. I didn't even. I. I forgot that percentages could go less than one. I. You know. Like, could you imagine like sitting down with your monthly budget and going, "I'm going to give point four percent." Well, that's the thing. People don't sit down and calculate yeah. out point four percent. Yeah. They know that they they sign up to give fifty bucks a month or whatever, and they're making. Like two hundred thousand dollars a year. Exactly right, and they like they think that's that, my area at least. Yeah, they think that because they're giving that fifty bucks a month that they're doing it, but they haven't actually sat down and thought about it. You know, like oh, yeah. I know that I should give. Uh, yeah, and it's just it's crazy how connected it is to. Like there's there's. When everything is based on consumption, when everything is based on how good is this for me, when the faith in America stems from this puritanical Protestant background and kind of devolves into an agnostic atheistic approach to what faith actually is. Then mm-hmm. there's no sacramentality and there's no integration. There's no anything that, that bridges. That's what we're missing, right? It's like we have these parishes that are these systems that have been built and there's no bridge from the parish to the home. In theory, the the family should be that bridge, but you can just see like everything gets drained, like in the car ride home, like anything that might've, any graces that might've been stored up at mass or at some kind of church event, just, just gets poured into a, into a strainer. And then like, maybe the mom or the dad like tries to, you know, hold the strainer and like keep everything in there on the way that they get home. But as soon as they're home, it's gone. And yeah, like, no, I, I, you're, you're, this I saw a tweet in the in the in the post Cleveland Diocese thing that like uh-huh. really that really made me think it was like um, religious uh, religious orders if you have a mental illness you can't be a part of us uh, it, but seminaries it's like if you are like a man who's not married and is kind of okay with being celibate maybe uh, come on in mm-hmm. um, it's we're it's not about uh we're not gonna it's not about sacramental utilitarianism but we need you to perform at least thirteen thousand sacraments by the end of the year exactly that's your quota you know it's like we're just I th- and I, I think I think the the some someone said like I understand that we're having a priest crisis let's make it a priest catastrophe <laughs> because we need to hide we need to raise the standards anyway mm-hmm. and I, I think this 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 um this idea that like you know low standards is like because we're trying to serve all of these. The low standards are because we're. I don't know. I don't know if I want to say this. Say it. We we're we're already deep. The only the only reason the only reason that we have to do a hundred confirmations. This is at both parishes that I've been at. The only reason why we have to do a hundred confirmations is because the bar for confirmation is so low. Mm-hmm. They shouldn't be. Just, like, can you imagine if we just raise the bar everywhere? Right. And we just but Ethan, do you people? know what I found out? Do you know what I found out? What did you find out? Pat? I found out that if a kid doesn't go to confirmation prep, mm-hmm. doesn't go to the confirmation retreat, doesn't do any service opportunities, doesn't do anything, I can't turn them away. The bishop will still confirm them. What is the point of your job then? I don't know. <laughs> I I found out and I had a crisis. Yeah. I was like, I was like, oh no. It's all pointless. It's all fake. And then I was like, I was like, 
man, next week's episode is going to be a lot more like catching foxes than it usually is. Mm-hmm. Um, because I'm just so like, I'm just so like, oh no, like this is. Can this you say anything? Fake. Can you say anything to your pastor about that? Is there any kind of anything that you can do to say like, hey, um, does the is there any kind of subsidiarity here? Is the bishop just going to step over us and say? we're confirming everyone because if I don't confirm everyone, it's a bad PR move. You know, I'm sure your Bishop is great and I'm sure he's not doing this intentionally, but like, I don't think there is any subsidiarity now. Does your pastor have any kind of (laughs) anything that he can do? No, no. Well, I think what I was told was if I, if I, um, were to say, you can't get confirmed. Mm-hmm. There are some things where I've been told like the bishop, like the diocese won't approve, but father Dave will back you up. I don't remember if this mm-hmm. was, if that was said about this specifically, but mm. like, that's the thing is like, I don't, I don't feel comfortable because I'm not the person who gives yeah. that sacrament, right. you know? So it right. actually isn't, it actually isn't my job. It's not your responsibility, like, but you're not going to be but, held to account for this, but that responsibility has been delegated to me delegated to me by the bishop by kind of. my pastor by my boss by you know to me and at because the person i don't know if you remember the right of confirmation mm-hmm. but I've been when there. the confirmation candidates are received yes. your dre or whoever formed you stands up in front of the whole entire congregation and before god and man says yeah these people are ready mm-hmm. i want to do that yeah i don't know if they're ready i can tell them i tried yeah that's what i can tell them i tried to make most of them ready I was like, I did what I could, but you know, um, their parents gave them cell phones before we gave them the sacrament of confirmation. So I could, I did what I could, you know, like they, they, the world got to them first. Mm-hmm. So like, what did you, what did you want me to do? That's mm-hmm. what I'll say in front of the entire congregation. I oh, don't know, man. Oh, Patrick, the devil's I, youth group is bigger than mine. I need you to keep your job. <laughs> nah, no, no, no. I'll be fine. <laughs> okay. That's good. I, it just is so crazy because the suggestion, right? And this this includes your thing. This includes the priest thing. This includes the missionaries that focus hires. This includes who's allowed to get married in the church. The suggestion that we should actually hold the bar at the gospel is just too much for some people. They're like, that's there's no way. That's unchristian <laughs> because there's some people that can't reach it. But that's the whole point of everything that Jesus did when he was here is he made it super clear that yeah. not everyone is going to be able to do this. And that this is not just a, this is this is an option for everyone. But I'm telling you right now that there's going to be a lot more people traveling down the wide road that leads to hell than the narrow road that leads to heaven. Like, that's just a, like, do we that's have any? true. It's just true, right? These are just facts that God has said. That's facts, fam. That's facts, fam. And yet when we create policy, <sighs> I want to throw up when I just said that when we create policies around the sacraments and around who gets to be formed in the seminary and around who gets ordained and who gets confirmed and who gets married. And, um, my skin literally crawls when parents say, how many edge nights can my son miss before he can't get confirmed? And I'm like, I don't know. How many do you want him to miss? Mm -hmm. How little formation are you okay with him having that? You, my response would be like, I, I mean, I don't know. You can send him to none if you don't want him to, to go to be confirmed. He doesn't have to get yeah. confirmed. Yeah. You know? It makes my job easier. Yes. Make my day. I'm just yes. kidding. That's not 
That's what you say when someone's going to shoot you. Yes. <laughs> Go ahead. Do it. Make my day. Make my day. <laughs> I just, I, I, what, this is, I'm not just trying to be like, everybody look at that fire over there, right? I would like to at least bring one puck, bucket of water to the fire. <laughs> um, so I'm trying Have to Have lots of babies out, and make them super Catholic. Yes. But is there anything, you and I are not in positions of no influence, Right, most of the people listening to this podcast have at least some kind of influence somewhere, and so that's true. What we cannot does what we cannot do is change diocesan policy. Most likely, what we cannot do is change our pastors' minds about. (laughs) I would like to run for bishop. I would. Well, maybe. Um, (laughs) I don't think I'd be a very good bishop. Father Blake Britton for Bishop 2026. Yes. That's what I want. Bishop of the country, please. <laughs> I mean, that's funny, but there used to be a Bishop of the country. Mm-hmm. His name was Bishop John Carroll. Yes. We learned that the in the Father Blake episode. Yes. You know, his brother, I didn't say this on the podcast, but uh, John Carroll's brother or cousin, Charles Carroll, was the only Catholic to sign the Declaration of Independence. Yeah, we learned about him, and I was like, wow, that's so cool. A Catholic signed the Declaration of Independence. Only one, huh? Hmm. Yeah, (laughs) sounds about right. (laughs) And then for the next 100 years, we weren't allowed to hold public office. What was that about? No religious tests for office? Anyway, (laughs) it's not a problem. I don't remember what I was going to say. You were saying I want to bring a bucket of water to the fire. I want to bring a bucket of water to the fire. I don't want to just point at the fire and say, everybody look at the fire. Are you going to bring a bucket that's not just like personal holiness? Because that's a good one. It's a good bucket. The personal personal holiness is a good bucket. I I think that we're too afraid. I think most people have too much. uh, Ethan, choose your words. I think people have too much deference to priests. (laughs) Um. Yeah, and I think yeah. I think we should be more willing. And I get that this maybe has a bad rap, and there is this depends on your temperament. This is not a, applicable for everybody, right? If it's going to cause more more of a lack of peace than peace, then it's probably not the the route that Christ wants you to go. But I think it's worth praying about more people going up to priests after mass and saying, "Hey, I really feel like you didn't set the bar very high today," <laughs> you know. And, huh, and like, I don't know about that one. Scheduling conversations, just saying, "Hey, can I just talk to you about?" this you know like this thing with the stewardship thing like can i just talk to you about what you said because it feels like the gospel says this and what you said was this can we just talk about like how we how can we practically because we we're on the same team right we realize that everybody is here and we want to get them here yeah can we talk about how we're trying to do that don't be brazen don't be an asshole like that's not what i'm trying to say but i feel like we just we just assume that things have to be the way that they are and the priests don't know that there are people out there who want more than what they're giving them Ministers don't know that people that are out there that want more than what they're giving them. Maybe I'm wrong. I've been wrong before. I I, I didn't know that. I've never. Heard <laughs> um, I agree with everything I've ever said on this podcast, mm-hmm. including that thing you're thinking about. Oh dear. Um, <laughs> I don't know what thing anyone happens to be thinking. That was a general you, not a you specifically, Ethan. Yes, thank you. Um, I don't know. That means I, I was should... right about the hatchbacks. I really. <laughs> I really want, um, I really want people to to care because I, I yes. care so much, and I just want people to care, and um, I just really feel like people don't. The line I want to start using in my talks is, "The American culture is not going to care about Catholicism until you start caring about Catholicism. No one's going to take the church seriously until you start taking the church seriously." 
Because we just have yeah. so many people that just don't don't take anything about the faith seriously, other than this is my time for mass. This is we'll pray the rosary, you know, once a once a quarter. A great a great homily was uh, on the when the Herodians and the Pharisees got together to plot against Jesus. Oh yeah, good times. This priest was like like the Herodians and the Pharisees hated each other, mm-hmm. but they got together to plot against Jesus because he threatened both of them. As like the only reason why the American the only reason why we have a Catholic president right now, and no one's bringing up the fact that he's Catholic except for Catholics. Um, no one's talking about his faith except for us. The the reason why no one's like angry that we have a Catholic president and is persecuting Catholics is because we don't threaten anything. We mm-hmm. just we don't we don't That's we're not point. we're very non-threatening. Mm-hmm. We're we are just like everyone else. Just everyone like talks about evangelical wanted. Protestants because they're at least a little they at least live out what they p- profess to believe. You know, and sometimes it's wacky, but hey, <laughs> yeah, but it, but they're doing something. The worst, like so many, like Protestantism is fine if you half-ass it. You know, like there's so many religions out there that are fine when it's not your entire life. Sure. Like, you know, I mean, like, I don't want to put anybody on blast. But Come like, on. Buddhism is fine. You know, it's like you can half-ass Buddhism. Meditate. I mean, a, Buddhist, a Buddhist wouldn't say that. Like they, they, you know, you ever talk to a Buddhist? They're great. They're very, they, they're, they, they know a lot of wisdom things, but it's mm-hmm. not their whole life. You know, you can hang out with them. Yeah. Catholicism is the worst religion to half-ass. It's absolutely the worst yes. if you half-ass it. It just yes. doesn't make any sense. It's, like, it's why would bizarre. you have all of these rules if they're not about life and living well? Mm-hmm. You know, it's just... Why do you have all these doctrines? Why do you have all these books? Why do you have... All, like, why yeah. is there so much that seems to There's come along so with this much. if you're just... If you're if you're not even in. If you don't yeah, care. Yeah, and it's like... And, like, we keep trying to put rules in place to make people care like the faith formation rules that we have like you have to go to a faith formation thing and because of the culture in pittsburgh people will do it until eighth grade and then they will stop Mm -hmm. like a a parent and that'll last for how many more years you know yeah oh yeah that's not a long-term solution Uh uh-huh that's a band-aid solution in 10 years that's not going to be the case oh yeah because you know who's not going to care these kids when they have kids when they have kids yes yeah and it's and it's not even it's not even going to be 10 years from now it might Mm -hmm. be 10 years from 10 years ago like it might happen soon oh dear that you know you just um, let me just do some quick math that's right now (laughs) let me do some three quick maths that's right now that is two day 10 plus 10 minus 10 divided by 10 equals frick <laughs> oh no oh dear <laughs> marty we have to go back marty because <laughs> because i because like the kids that were in this culture mm-hmm. five years ago right they're growing up they're having kids oh yeah right well it's coming those kids are coming yeah the kids that are being formed so like right now we have at least in 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 my diocese we have the grandkids of the faithful catholics in faith formation mm-hmm. one day we will have the great grandkids and those kids won't even remember a time when being culturally catholic was a thing they will be completely one with the world oh yeah oh boy oh yeah you know and our faith formation our our ccd programs which is a swear word in my office you don't say that our faith formation our faith mm-hmm. formation initiatives and ministries will be razor thin and Every every uh, CCD program will look like my youth ministry does right now, desperately mm-hmm. trying to get people in. Mm-hmm. Um, I I was thinking about this. I was thinking about this on um, on on Saturday when I was at a uh, a parish assembly. 
I was like, there was once a point in at least the Diocese of Pittsburgh where mission territory was everywhere outside of the Catholic neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. You had this really, you know, well-attended parish and everyone was culturally Catholic, whether they believed it or not. It doesn't really matter. But mission territory was everywhere outside of the Catholic neighborhoods. The Catholic neighborhoods fell apart and mission territory was everywhere outside the front doors of the church. Now mission territory is everywhere on the other side of the altar rail if you have one. Mm-hmm. God help us if if mission territory is the sacristy because it's coming, you know? Yeah. One day. Yeah. <laughs> one day. You know? 10 years plus minus. It's it's also today. It, I mean, like, to I was thinking about that. Thing. I was like, I was like, I'm sitting in mission territory right now. Yes. Like the, I was at this parish assembly and I'm like, these pews are not, the people who sit here are not disciples. So like, that means that if you're listening to this podcast and you care about the future of the church, and I think you do, and if you're a disciple, that means you, if you've it's listened all hands this on long deck. and you haven't reported us to our local ordinaries, then you do care about the church. It's all hands on deck, baby. I'm like, I'm like such a proponent of alpha just because I've seen it working so well at our parish right now. Mm-hmm. So it's like you can run an alpha cohort for free. Go to alpha, just go to the alpha website and like start a cohort at your house, order a pizza and invite friends over to just talk about the deeper issues of like life and spirituality. Cause people do want to talk about it. It's like, just start having evangelizing conversations with people. Mm-hmm. Don't wait for your church to do it. Cause I have really, really yeah. bad news for you. They're, They're trying to keep the lights on. Yeah. I have really bad news for you. They're yeah. trying to keep the lights on. Caitlin on Twitter was talking about this Ooh. about, um, Caitlin Fascista at Tea with Tolkien was talking about oh, how she wanted to start a young adult community at her church and her church kind of like took the idea from her yeah, and decided to do it themselves. Oh, that's the worst. I know. And I was like, no, it's, it's, uh, it's great because you have a lay, a lay person wanting to reach out to her community and make disciples. And, um, the church is like, no, actually, sorry, that's our job. We're going to put them through the machine and the machine has worked. Uh, it works. Our machine works. It's great. Machine works. Look. Look, we've got five people every week. It's <laughs> I know, the same crazy. five people every week. Yeah. So uh, run run Alpha or something. Alpha, the reason why Alpha is good is because it's free and you don't have to like pay some program to get mm-hmm. materials and curriculum. You just play a video or you can just give the talk if you want to. Yes. <laughs> you don't have to play the video and you just buy uh, beer and have, uh, have pizza and just chat. Alpha is good. Focus Bible studies are also free online and they're yeah. decent. Um, so... Start with The Crux by our good pal, uh, what's his name? Ted Shree. Ted Shree. No, Ted didn't do it. It was, it was Kevin. It was Kevin Cotter. Oh, Kevin Cotter. Yes, it was. Kevin Cotter wrote The Crux. I also, I really like the Salvation History Bible study. I actually think that, I always start with that one when I have a new group of people because, good. goodness gracious, so many people don't understand that Jesus isn't just a guy that came because he thought it would be fun. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like uh-huh. when you really understand Genesis and Exodus and uh, what happens with the Davidic kingdom and then everything with Babylon and all that stuff, it puts into context everything that Christ does. And I know that's very Scott Hahn of me to say, but uh, yeah, anyway, so there there are things, there are things that you can do. I would, I would highly encourage everybody. So this thing that I'm trying to do with my friends, right? Trying to like start up a Catholic neighborhood basically is, is, to what we were talking about in Pittsburgh. Like we're trying to reclaim a little bit of that so that there is somewhere to go out of that. There's like a definitive, like mission territory, not mission territory kind of a thing. Um, We're trying to grow that. I have no contact with any official anybody as I'm doing this. Right. 
maybe if one of the people in the group who wants to join can't afford a down payment in the area that we live in, I might go to a priest and say, hey, do you have any parishioners who would give to something like this so that this person can put a down payment in on this house? That would be the only reason that I would go to the quote unquote institution of the church to do this. Because otherwise, what happens is it gets diluted and it gets co-opted into something that is not not actually the movement of the Holy Spirit, right? It, it's now all of a sudden a movement of uh, XYZ front office people who yeah. think that they have to manage this thing and make it successful. When then, I tried to do stuff at Holy Spirit um, that I prayed about, it would I would often say that I had to wait until I got buy-in. So we had to have assemblies and meetings and mm-hmm. with like 20 people to decide on something. Right. And I would try to bring it to a vote and it wouldn't happen. And I'm like, is this what city council is like? Because I hate yes. it. I don't like <laughs> this is politics, baby. The nice thing about doing what we're trying to do and starting things on your own and not is there's no obligation to anybody that it succeeds, right? You might try an alpha group and invite some people. Maybe the first week goes great, but then maybe attendance dwindles and and nobody's coming by the fifth or sixth week, you know? Sucks. It's like, okay. Happens. All right. Let's let's try something else because clearly that didn't work or maybe I didn't have the right preparation or whatever. If you hand that over to the church and that happens, they just won't let it happen because they'll put it on life support, right? And they'll it'll you'll be forced to be involved in something that is being sustained by people who don't actually need the thing that you're doing, right? Whereas when you're yeah. when you're kind of doing it and you're you are being the true Christian disciple and the true Christian apostle. Then you now have the freedom to, when you need to go to the church for institutional things like the sacraments, like confession, like mass, like adoration, then you can go there. But now you don't have any attachments or obligations. If the church wants to be a sacrament factory, let them. Yes. The and church very obviously desperately wants to be a sacrament factory. Let's right. just let them. Let's it. just let them. Let's, let's, there's no reason. Again, there's lots of people like you who are doing great work institutionally in the church. But for the average person who's just in the pews trying to figure out what the heck Go to Mass this Sunday, look around at the people around you, see if there's anyone who seems to be praying <laughs> who's there, and say, hey, I'm start- yeah. I'm trying to meet other people in the area. Can I take you out to lunch this week? You yeah. know? And and just start. Like, it doesn't... And it doesn't have to be in a couple months. It doesn't have to be on, in the school year time frame. Like, I've been slowly getting to know people in Oklahoma City over the past five months, because that's as long as I've lived here. I haven't started any groups. I haven't started any programs, because I'm still just getting to know people. Yeah. And building relationships. Yeah. Because I have, last time I checked, hopefully like 60 years <laughs> to to live here and do this stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not in a rush. We don't need to be in a rush. I'm off my soapbox. I'm done. This is good. I have a, I have a, I have a good friend who um, reached out to me and I'm helping him with his, uh, his ministry startup. Oh, nice. And I like it because it's not institutional. Mm-hmm. It's not an institutional thing. He's very passionate about service. He loves he loves um he loves just serving people. He just buys little Caesar's pizza and goes and gives it to the homeless people. That's awesome. Uh, he just like goes out and just like makes blessing bags. He calls them and he just like fills it with good things and goes and talks to homeless pe- homeless people and like gives them bags, like solid cooler backpacks, like oh, full of cool. stuff. Yeah, because nice. apparently apparently homeless people. If you want to do like if you want to do stuff for the homeless, this is what I learned. Um, fill like a backpack with food and water and like deodorant and sunscreen and like plain white t-shirts it's a huge thing that homeless people need and um put it in like a nice backpack Mm -hmm. like one that has straps and like extra pockets in it because they get their backpacks stolen all the time all the time they get their bags stolen yeah um or they just lose them or they get arrested and they don't get their stuff back because Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. the police will just throw out their bags because you know the cops versus the homeless, you know, um, 
for some reason. You know, yeah. that's the that's the that's the great the great uh, rivalry. Um, anyway, so he 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 and I are working on this uh, on this free resource to to give to people who want to start their own service community. Um, and it's essentially what we've just been talking about. Like, you know, start doing it on your own or with a friend. Don't try to make it a thing right away. Just start, you know, buy pizzas and bring them to homeless people mm-hmm. or do something similar. And don't try to do it alone. Don't try to do it alone. Yeah. That's you're, you're going to burn out and put too much pressure on yourself. Again, the reason that I'm trying to create this community is so that you have people yeah. around you. That's why focus teams work. That's why core teams work is because you're, you're, yeah. it's not all on you to be the guy. Or the gal yeah. that figures it all out. Just get people together. And my, my my recommendation for step five when it's like make it a thing is like if you need to bring it to your parish, just ask your parish if you can advertise it in the bulletin. Don't try to make it a ministry of the parish. Or send people from your ministry out to make another one. Mm-hmm. That's a classic model to do. But like it's it's this really cool thing where like he wants to start service communities at parishes. He's from my hometown. Sweet. Really cool. That's yeah, awesome. Right. Yeah, and I was like, I was like, no way! I can't believe we never met because it seemed like he would be mm-hmm. a cool guy to hang out with. But I think he was in college when I was in high school. Ah, uh, I yeah. love cool guys, cool dudes, cool dudes. I uh, yeah, I I think it, what does suck is that youth ministry does kind of have to be institutional. Yeah, which is probably for the best at this point in our history. Indeed, indeed. What I do tell my kids is I'm like, hey, uh, you guys should be hanging out with each other outside of Life Teen. Mm-hmm. Please go hang out with each other outside of Life Teen. Please go to Sonic after this. Please go to Sonic after this. Um, I will give you Sonic gift cards if you go to Sonic after this. Yes. Uh, it's freezing outside. Sonic does not exist in Pittsburgh for obvious reasons. That's fair. There's a lot of Sonics down here in Oklahoma. So Yes. It's kind of the place that Sonic It's the is. place to be. We used to do scripture. It's used to Bible studies at Sonic. Scripture at Sonic. Scripture at Sonic, baby. Yes. When I was in high school, we did scripture at Starbucks, but then we got too big for Starbucks and they kicked us out. Nice. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. Are you, are you upset that there's a ton of people at your business? Sometimes businesses womp, do be getting womp. upset about that. Weird, right? Yeah. When you're loud and you're teenagers, it can tend to be a little loud. We were sitting quietly reading the Bible, although that's probably because we were like there for an hour and they want like people in and out real quickly. They do want that. Yeah. I don't have anything else to say. This is good. This is the conversation I wanted to have today. Um, I hope people are mad. Send this to your local diocesan official and see what they say. And Father Bobby, have fun in Gen Pop. Yeah. We should pray for him. Yeah. And pray for the family of that. That was pray probably for, vindictive just, and mean. But that's okay. Hey. It's it's It happens. You're a human being. You can't expect too much out of yourself. That's true. <laughs> That's the thing I always remember. It's like, man, I'm like a finite flesh bag. Like, I really think a lot of myself all the time. Ethan Stevie, the finite flesh bag. <laughs> At finite flesh bag on Twitter. Yes. Do you want to do a Dr. Ethan's dating corner? Maybe we can perk this up at the end sure of the thing. show. Let's, let's perk a little bit. Perk. Oh, late. Uh, I know it hurts. I'm sorry. It's it's I, 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 I... All right. You came to the right place, you ding dong. <laughs> It's called communication, baby. <laughs> um, okay, 
we only got a couple of really short and not uh, in-depth ones. Is yeah. that okay? Yeah. Can you tell me who sponsors the segment first? Uh, no, I'm just I'm I'm, I'm getting to that. Okay. okay. Sorry, you always forget. She, yeah, you're right. I wasn't getting. It. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> welcome to Doctor Ethan Zeta Quarter, sponsored by Catholic Match. Woo! Thanks, Catholic Match, for sponsoring Woo! another Catholic episode Match. of the Crunch. You can go to CatholicMatch.com/slash/theCrunch or at Catholic Match on Instagram. And you can follow them and you can get like little updates. I still have to do a, I still have did to do Did you ever do, do your a, takeover? I didn't do a takeover. No, you got to do your takeover. I don't. I got to do a takeover, man. Yeah. I got to do a takeover. I've just been so like not interested in using my cell phone. So nice. I'd have to download Instagram to like do a takeover yeah, and I would have to use, yeah. I would have to turn the color back on on my cell phone. You ever turn off the color and then turn it back on like a month later and you're like, oh gosh, oh, dear. God, it hurts. There's so many my rods and cones like, are getting oh, blasted right now. Goodness. All three rods and cones. I think there's only three. <laughs> really? Yeah, it's like a red, a green, and a blue. I'm pretty, I feel like there's lots of rods and cones inside. Well, there's rods and cones, but there's only like there's only three kinds. Three different kinds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I right. think. And then like yeah. the 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 uh, peacock mantis shrimp has like twenty seven. Hmm. Isn't that crazy? That is kind Dogs of crazy. have two. We have three. They have twenty seven. They do you can think like they're looking at. They can like see sound. I don't know, man. There's probably a lot of stuff. You ever turn on a black light and you look at your jacket and there's like a ton of lint on it? Yeah. What? <laughs> Do you want to hit so the question? So this question comes <laughs> okay. from uh, <laughs> from someone who wants to remain anonymous. Mm-hmm. How would one choose which person to nurture a friendship into a relationship? Hmm. So there are two women that I've had face-to-face contact with. <laughs> <laughs> My mom and... My mom and this girl. And this girl. Um... <laughs> Either one, I would like to proceed into a further and deeper relationship with either one. This guy needed to proofread his... Uh, I don't like how this guy's talking. <laughs> uh, the one that lives closer to me is not currently looking to date anyone, and the other one is looking to date. Well, there you go. Golly, <laughs> there you go. Date the one questions. that wants to. And... Yeah. Keep going, um, as you say. She has at least one profile, and we connected on Catholic speed dating. Ooh. Well, the other one is looking to date. And she's at least one pro- oh profile on a dating website because people have multiple profiles on multiple sites. Yes, I didn't know that because I went to Catholic Match University. Mm-hmm. I, I go to Catholic um, Match exclusively. <laughs> I, I actually don't anymore because I'm married. But when I did, yeah, I would go to Catholic Match exclusively. exclusively. You went to Catholic Match at the conference. I went to Catholic Match at the university, and that's where we met our spouses. Indeed. Did you meet Emma at a Focus Conference? I did meet Emma at a Focus Conference. Which one? Seek 2019. Wow. Big yeah. conference. Huge conference. Huge Biggest conference. one to date, actually. Yeah, 2020 wasn't big. Oh, it was an SLS. It was SLS. But it's also, I think, just the best one that we've had, like, ever. 2019? Yeah, 2019 really rocked. It was so That fun. was the first one we did, a live show, right? Mm-hmm. Man, that was huge. I know. It was huge. Uh, then he said, he said, uh, the other one is looking to date. Actually has at least one profile. We can, okay. Yeah. So what do you think? Uh, how do you choose which person to nurture a friendship into a relationship with Ethan? I, I just, you pick one, pick the one that wants to date. <laughs> pick the one that wants to date. Question. Yeah. It seems but pretty like, easy. What, let's, 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 uh, let's take this one a little bit further. I'm ready. Okay? Take let's, me. let's think, let's, let's do a little, let's do a little thought experiment. Shall okay. we? Okay. Okay. Uh, what would you do mm-hmm. if, if. Uh, what would you do with John Quinones? Uh, that's a, that was a that was a TV show. What would you do if there were two girls and you had to choose between two of them, Ethan? What would you do? Do I get any more context? No. <laughs> I would talk to them. Interesting. <laughs> Patrick's taking notes. <laughs> Pros. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. 
uh, my my computer just freaked out. I don't I don't know where you're going with this. Me. You're gonna have to keep leading me down this path. So like what well, like you know people are always like uh-huh, people are always uh-huh. like oh I like two girls at the same time. What do I do? Blah 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 blah. You know. Okay. Well, I think there's an easy there's an easy answer. Then there's a hard answer. Okay. The easy answer is you ask them both on a date at the same night at the same restaurant. And you spend the whole night going to the bathroom constantly and just going to the other table of the other person and figuring out which one you like better, right? That's the easy option. Hope that they don't see each other, see you sitting at the another table with another woman, right? That's, that's a guaranteed out. The hard thing to do is to take them on dates individually and I guess like discern in the course of going on dates with them one at a time if you would like to pursue either one of them that's the hard one i wouldn't do that one yeah you can date more than one woman at a time people don't understand this you can i don't go on dates with more than one woman at yes time. i'm not saying you can you can be a boyfriend girlfriend exclusive relationship with more than one woman at a time but what you can do is say hey i'm just dating i'm i'm just trying to get to know a couple people um, this was really great i think we should go on another date and see how this goes you can do that for more than one woman at a time as long as you're up front and just say, hey, I'm not right now, not ready for anything exclusive, but I'd like to continue to get to know you. That's just how normal people operate things. So I would do that and then see what happens. I think that's good advice. I think you should tell the girl who doesn't want to date that she is missing out. And then I would <laughs> I would lick your finger and then touch your butt and go, Tss, and then see <laughs> if she responds well to that, you know that you've got a chance. To clarify, you just said touch your own butt. Yes, not her butt. Yes, no, 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 yeah. no butt touching. Until no butt touching in, until you're married, and even then, careful. <laughs> oh man, um, give me one second. Okay, you really seem to be distracted and not paying attention to this podcast. I need. Okay, I hold on. Give me one. Give me one second. Oh, I can't vamp forever. You don't need to vamp. You just need to edit. No. <laughs> Edit. Don't don't make me edit. Do it. <laughs> the guru. The, the guru, guru meme. meme. <laughs> oh man. Uh, we should make the guru meme the the art for this episode. <laughs> this is hello diocese. Hello diocese. Hello diocese. <laughs> Smiling guru. Um. All right, come on. This What's one ha- from. Oh my gosh, the Catholic dating subreddit background is just a giant picture of of St. Valentine this close to the screen. Yikes. Um, This one comes from you slash pink pom-pom. Got it. Okay. Pink pom-pom. Hey, everyone. Hello. First time posting. I'm dating a wonderful gentleman. Wonderful gentleman (laughs) who is Catholic. (laughs) I was raised with Catholic beliefs, but stopped attending church at a younger age. Mm. You should should redo that. You should think that. Think again. I'm trying to connect with the church and God. Yes. Uh, So I would like to connect with not only God, but also Jesus. (laughs) Uh, So so I can, I I should stop vamping on, riffing on people's questions. So Mm -hmm. I can better myself and also better the relationship because I feel in my gut that he may be the one that I spend my life with. She's dating a guy and he wants, she wants to spend the life for her life with him. And that's why she joined this group. I'm having a difficult time thinking of ways we can have passion and intimacy without sexual activity. Wow. Um, you're having a difficult time? These people aren't creative. I know. There's lots of ways to be passionate and it's intimate. true. 
Yeah, and all of them sex. involve the tango. Yeah. <laughs> Every single one of them involves a single red rose in between your teeth. In between the mouth. That's the only way to be passionate. Very active eyebrows. That's the only Speaking option. Speaking French. Do you want to yes. hear the stupidest thing I ever did in my life? Yes, I do want to hear it. Patrick's <laughs> gone. He's left this seat. Patrick, what? I forget that I did stuff. What, do you, what is happening? <laughs> I liked this girl when I was in middle school. Oh no! I liked this girl when I was in middle school. Every I good would, story starts. That I way. would, I would, I would text her. I would, pu- I would type sweet things into Google Translate into French and yeah. send them to her. Yeah, she loved it. I'm sure she did. <laughs> it was Holy dumb. Cow. It was so no, dumb. No, that's that's amazing. That's something I would do now to my wife. <laughs> it was definitely wrong. <laughs> it definitely didn't make sense. Sure, but yeah, man, that's so funny. Yeah, poor boy. really funny. Really funny. That's better than what I did to the girls that I liked in middle school. <laughs> Just pull her pigtails right away. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this this person, this top post on Catholic dating says, guys, I'm thinking of dumping the person I should marry because they, this is hard to say, sinned three times in the past year. They what? only go to daily mass eight times a week, adoration 54 times a month, and they are 24 seconds too young for me. Please help. Why am I still single? I don't understand. This must be a test from our Lord. I'll meet That's the right person funny. that he has planned for me one day, ideally on a fall day after mass, where 95 million eligible single people are there to meet me after the five TLM masses I attended. <laughs> I have never sinned, so they can't either. 1,000 out of 10 on the attractiveness scale can birth slash seed me 25 children after sex even once. Um, after, after one time having sex, our homeschool will be ranked above Harvard in academic performance and our kids will also never sin either. That's, that's really funny. Whoever did that. That's Thank really you good for whoever did that's this. That's perfect. Um, how many times, <clears throat> how many times, <sighs> how many times do you think a guy has unironically said, I can't wait to seed you? I mean, only once. I no. I think I think these guys, these new, this new wave of guys, this new wave of boys. They they see themselves as, you know, those little things that you push around the yard that have the fertilizer and they spin around, the seed flying around. That's how these guys see themselves. Virile young men. <laughs> I am a young, vibrant man. <laughs> <laughs> That's how these guys see themselves. They their their dream day is walking into a Latin mass oh and they're and they're just spinning that seed. All right, we need to end the podcast. Stop looking at other things. Engage with me in conversation. No, I will not. I I'm going to hang up right content. now. No, <laughs> it's no. time to end the show. It's time okay. to end the show. If you're not going to pay attention to me, I'm not going to pay attention to you. How dare you? What Good do you show. mean? How dare you? Good episode. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I actually like talking to you, believe it or not. It's no Thanks fun for, when I just when the whole podcast is this. He's looking off the screen. I am looking off the screen. That's what Patrick did to me the last ten minutes. <laughs> I was trying to find content because I don't. We have prep plenty the show. of content. We have no, plenty we have of no content. content. It's all in our brains. We, what have we been doing for the past hour? Then that's a really good point. Yeah. I love you. This was a good podcast. I love you too. I was uh, I was I was thinking about this the other day. I was like, man. Uh, because Phoebe was like, Patrick, you don't go hang out with people very often. And I was like, yeah, that's true. Why? And she was like, you're an extrovert. And I was like, yeah. She's like, how are you not going insane? And I was like, probably my weekly call with Ethan. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Yeah. You, de- you need more IRL friends. It's true. I would have gone insane 
uh, in COVID if I didn't have the Johnsons. But <clears throat> yes, I do need more IRL friends. I'm going to hang out with a non-Catholic friend that I met at a tailgate party uh, nice. sometime soon. That'll be fun. But yeah. He told me he was a heathen and I was like, I can fix that. Do you need to stop threatening people with firearms? <laughs> I'm not threatening people with firearms. <laughs> this man is in the military. I would never threaten him with firearms. Oh, dear. That's good. Good podcast. I, I would encourage people to write in facebook.com slash groups slash the Crunchcast. You got any thoughts? Please send us thoughts. I everyone, everyone starts Everyone starts their emails with, hey, I'm sure you guys get a ton of emails about this. We do not we get, get a ton of emails about this. We don't get any emails. We don't get Info any emails. How many people do you think listen to this podcast and how many percentage of them do you think email us? Ethan at thecrunchcast.com. I'm honored. I'm honored that you think that that's a lot. Patrick at thecrunchcast.com. Send us emails. We want to we wanna engage. We want to have a conversation. And people told me that I need, this is unironic. Someone said that I need to start promoting my stuff more. I thought that they yes. were being ironic. No, they were not. They were saying if you were being thing. ironic, I'm going to punish you by doing it. Um, <laughs> Patnevy.blog. Attaboy. Um, that has links to all of my stuff across the internet, stuff that I've published uh, elsewhere besides just my personal blog. So um, I'm trying to post on there more. I posted something a couple of weeks ago. Start a Substack, coward. It's a Substack is just a WordPress that you don't own. I know, but I would like to get your things emailed to me on a weekly basis. You can get my things emailed to you on a not weekly basis. You I know, but go... I would like it to be in the ecosystem that I already use. Yeah, but like <laughs> it's the same thing. It's it, it's Mailchimp. It's just Ethan. Go to patnevy.blog. There's a little window at the top. You type your email in, and you just hit enter, and it emails you all of my posts automatically. Uh, it's so what much, a Substack so is. So much work. If you just on Substack, it'd be so easy. You're you're joking. You're kidding. I'm, I'm bullying you on the podcast. Yes, that's what I'm doing. All you have to do, Ethan, and everyone else <laughs> listening, is go to patnevy.blog slash subscribe, mm-hmm. and you can subscribe. And to you can my subscribe blog. to Patrick's Substack. Yeah, on my Twitter account. Unironically, I forgot exactly what I put. He's doing it again. He's looking off screen. Great. I know. I'm looking off screen. My 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 Twitter my Twitter account. I'm pissed. Says. Lego Lego Lugus, which is I say words in Greek, mm-hmm. uh, a writer and a podcaster, and subscribe to my Substack parentheses. It's a normal WordPress blog. <laughs> nice, <laughs> and it says patentevy.blog/slash/subscribe. All right, <clears throat> there we go. That's all for promo. Patrick, do you have anything else for the people? Uh, follow at Papa Sharapa on Twitter and go watch his video about Advent to make your day amazing and pray for all of my teens that just went on a retreat after you're listening to this. Thank you all for listening. Please pray for us. We will be praying for you and we'll see you all next week. How dare you promote Twitter on this podcast? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.